text 51551. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Now we're joined in the studio by Neve Moriarty, um, who is an actor. You can't say actress anymore. <laughs> Um, hello. hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Um, and people who watched uh, Best Interests uh, on BBC last year with Sharon Horgan and Michael Sheen will recognise you as Marnie. Yes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, what a brilliant thing to be involved in. Pretty incredible, yeah. yeah. A big pinch me moment for sure. I, I feel incredibly privileged to have been in that production. It was such an important story as well. And I just, I loved everyone on the team so much. So I feel really honoured that I got to be a part of it. Will you remind people about it? Yes. So Best Interest is a drama written by the incredible Jack Thorne, who we love. Um, it is about a family who get torn apart by having to make a very difficult decision, whether their youngest daughter, Marnie, who was played by myself, should live or die. Because when Marnie was born, she was born with a life-limiting condition. So the doctors believe when we meet them in their story that it's time to cease her treatment. Uh-huh. But out of love, her family disagrees. So they go through what's called a best interests case. And that's hence where it gets the, its name Hence from. the name. Yes, yes. And yeah. A, a heavy subject matter, a lovely heart to the whole thing <laughs> and brilliantly acted by everybody involved, including yourself. Thank you. Yeah. It was... It was a real piece of ensemble work. Everyone who was there wanted to be there. Any guest artist we had on the show always said that it was a joy to be on that set. We had to really rally around each other because, you know, it it was a heavy topic, but we made sure we had lots of fun with it. So it couldn't have existed without one person or the other. Were you well-minded? I was (laughs) well-minded indeed, so I was. I had a really, really supportive team of people behind me and an incredible chaperone and tutor. How did you get that? How does it work? How did you get that part? It was a long time in the making, really. I first auditioned when I was 13. I got the part when I was 15. I filmed when I was 15, came out when I was 16, and now I'm 17. So it's been a long time. I sent in one audition in 2020, the first ever COVID lockdown, and then recalled and recalled and Zoom audition, and then I didn't hear anything for a really long time. So, you know, I presumed I wasn't the lucky one this time around. And then I got the call and my agent came over and told me the news and there was a lot of happy tears and a lot of, you know, metaphorical jumping up and down. <laughs> but I was delighted, really. You see, there you go. Well, that was brilliant. What you <laughs> metaphorical jumping up and down because you're a wheelchair user, you can't, yes, yes. Uh, literally jump up and down. Um, the uh, heart is there, though. The heart is there. Yes. yes yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Back in the day when you were, you know, when your friends were off doing GAA or gymnastics or whatever, mm. you obviously couldn't get involved. Yeah. Can you remember how that felt? Well, it was initially quite isolating because, you know, I couldn't relate to them and what they were enjoying doing and I couldn't participate. And I wasn't really overly interested either because, you know, sports wasn't really where my heart was at the time. So I just felt a bit lonely in that I had nothing to do really outside of school. But I had always been, you know the annoying family member who'd perform songs for people at the dinner table or, you know, do a few jazz squares at Christmas time or something like that. But then we thought it could be fun to put me in drama because I like to talk. (laughs) Shocker. (laughs) And then I joined Take Two Performing Arts School and from there got my first audition. From there I signed to an agent and that's where everything started really. Yeah. Um, And it's something you've excelled at. I suppose one could say yes. <laughs> but isn't it, isn't it odd the way life 
you know, yeah. goes because I suppose if you you weren't a wheelchair user, if you weren't, if you didn't have mm. cerebral palsy, then and it's it's a question I often get. You know, if you could go back and change anything, would you? Yes. Would you wish your disability away? And there are hugely challenging parts of being disabled. Like it's not an easy life all the time, and it's not always you know smiles and sunshine. But I wouldn't change it because I wouldn't be where I am now and. I'm really quite content with where I am, so I don't think I'd change anything. Wow. But it's br- it's brilliant to have that in your head, isn't it? It took me a while to get there. Mm. It wasn't an easy journey. Like, I did grow up seeing that my friends did things differently to me, and when I was much younger, I didn't really understand why I couldn't really keep up with them in the same ways. But as I got older, and then I kind of learned to embrace it more, and then I sort of accepted it as part of my identity and something that I could make unique to me, then I suppose it kind of gelled with me better. I mean, you'll probably, you'll see from my wheelchair here, like, yes, I, I like to, it. Yeah. I bedazzle it a bit, so I do. Bedazzle it. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to have it, I may as well make it my own. Yeah. Uh, and how often do you re-bedazzle it? <laughs> well, this particular design now, I'm I'm in love with. This is a, a relatively new chair and a lot of thought and love went into making this one. So I had a lot of thought in the whole design process of yeah. it and I've got my, my lovely Izzy wheels on, plugging the Irish brands. Yeah. Um, they uh, really... We mentioned yeah. Jack Thorne, um, who wrote Best Interests, and you've worked with him before in the Gate Theatre. I did, I did. It was honestly the most interesting coincidence because when... I had worked in the gate. The first thing that I have a memory of in that production is that they were really adamant that Tiny Tim be played by a young disabled performer. And I had never, ever come across that before. It was quite a few years ago, so things were very much still changing. Mm. And I was so excited to see that they actually wanted to see me because so often up until that point, you know, I had gone up to auditions and just not told people I was in a wheelchair on crutches. And I just have to, you know, stare them down, see if they had the guts to turn me away. And like, they never would. But you get that feeling. So this was the first time I felt really You could see really it in wanted. their faces, could you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, people always get quite uncomfortable. But I think you can make a bit of humour out of it now. Yeah. If, you, if you want to, you can. <laughs> but this is the first time I ever felt really valued in a production. And then Jack was attached to it. And his writing was just so beautiful in that script and I had loved it so when the audition for Best Interest came through and I saw that it was Jack again I was like well that makes sense because it's mm. really beautiful uh, and and he did the screenplay for Wonder yes he did which is uh, that's a beautiful movie isn't he's it he's worked on so many incredible product projects for disability inclusivity yeah. in the industry I don't know if you know Ruth Codd do you know Ruth I do know Ruth yeah. Codd so and Ru- you know I was listening to your interview you? the other day <laughs> right right, right. <laughs> Well, yeah, so we had a chat about casting uh, disabled actors in disabled roles. Yeah. And she was adamant that that's how it should be, nearly written in stone. And I completely agree. Yeah. I, I almost, I echo what she says in that if stories and TV and film, they're a place we go to escape the harshness of the world that we live in. So if we're excluded or we feel different in the world we live in, we go to screen and TV to escape that. So why shouldn't we be up there with everyone else? Mm. And if the role has been written to be played by someone with a disability, there's few and far between, I can tell you that much. So, you know, I think yeah. it's really worth it. So when you were, you know, younger, um, you're still very young, obviously, <laughs> when you were younger and you were watching telly, there, there were very few role models for you, very few people who mm. sort of reflected your life. 
back yeah. to you on the TV screen. And it's something that I hadn't really picked up on until I started to act. And then I had smaller children come up to me or their families or their parents and tell me what it meant to them to see me up doing what I was doing. And then it kind of hit me that I had never had that growing up. Mm. Because, I mean, you know, children look to stories to see themselves. And if you don't see yourself, you may not necessarily notice it at first, but it does impact you. So I would like to try and be that person. It's, it's interesting because you said there a couple of minutes ago when you when you were cast in the Gates production mm. of A Christmas Carol, Christmas Carol, Scrooge, all that. Yeah, um, that that that's only a few years ago, but yet things have changed so much. Yeah, in the intervening years, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel really privileged because I've kind of I joined the industry at the right time that I could watch it progress. So when I first started, you know, I'd maybe get one audition a year that actually truly wanted to see me and if not I'd rock up and I'd perform for them and you know I'd do well and it was lovely but the heart wasn't there for them you know and then I kind of watched as this new movement began and people were more interested in my input and my voice and what I had to say and now you know when yeah. I get auditions sent in people are genuinely interested see, that's the thing isn't it mm. I, I didn't think of it like that because not only are you bringing your acting skills yeah you're also bringing your lived experience it's not only actors yeah. who work in the industry like, <laughs> yeah. I was talking to a crew member the other day and we were discussing the importance of everything in the industry being accessible because there are so many crew members who want to work on films and yes. TV and yeah. even on stage yeah. but they can't get around a set and we had an incredible AD on Best Interests who was in a wheelchair and they had made it completely accessible for him yeah. and it just made life so much easier but it was little things you know now, you had that uh, surgery, didn't you, back in 2012? I did. Long time ago now at this did, point. Did you have to go to the States for that or you can get it here? I didn't go to the States. Right. I ended up being able to go to Bristol, but oh, they Bristol, don't right. offer SDR here. So yes. The surgery was SDR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they don't currently offer SDR in Ireland, so you have to get funding to be able so, to go abroad so, so to do it. So it's a severing of the, brain, of the nerves, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost like a, like a little sizzle to the nerve that sends the wrong message yes. it was I mean SDR as a concept has been around for so long but the particular type that I had was curated I suppose by a really incredible surgeon called Dr Park over in the States and I mean he's changed the lives of so many people yes. because before the surgery like I couldn't sit up independently I had lots of pain in my muscles it was almost like as if every muscle in my body was like a tensed fist. And then you go in and you have the surgery and it gets rid of spasticity, which is a fancy way of saying tightness. Yeah. And you come out and your body feels completely different. So you have to kind of relearn how to do everything. And I was really fortunate because after the surgery, I was able to walk for a really long time. Um, I am obviously now in a wheelchair, but that was kind of more of my own accord because I had had issues with growth spurts and I wasn't able to keep up with people as much. So it was kind mm. of my own decision, but it really did change my life. Uh, and medicine is changing so quickly, isn't it? Mm, would yes. you be hopeful for the future? I would do you be think, hopeful. Do you, think, do you allow yourself to think about that? You know, now that you say it, I don't really think I've given it too much t right. thought yet. But I often do get posed the question, you know, in the future if someone came up with an invention to allow you to walk, would you go and use it? And I don't really know the answer to that question yet because my disability has become a part of me. You know, it is part of my identity, however small, however big. And I almost, I wouldn't know who I am without yeah, it. Yeah. So I don't think I would change it. Yeah. Uh, well, well, 
Thanks so much for coming in, Neve. Thank uh, you for going, having me. We're going to see a lot more of you this year <laughs> or n- and next year. You're working on something you can't tell us too much about it, but yes, yeah. Neve Moriarty, remember that name. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, lo- lovely to see you. Uh, good luck with everything. Now we'll take a quick commercial break. Yeah. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio One.